0: live from the ESPN 690 and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane.
1: Yeah, it'd be my pass protection, you know, 100%, you know. Uh, especially watching film this year, evaluating myself, I definitely had, you know, issue oversetting uh, guys and, um, you know, opening my hips a little too soon, so that's something I definitely attacked while I was uh, training in California. I was really working on my on my hip placement and uh, my pass setting, and making sure that my feet were right and I was staying squared in a lot of scrimmage. So, i probably saying my pass pro needs a little bit more refinement. Yeah, I just I told all the all the NFL coaches I've talked to, you know, just watch my film, and I don't think you will see anyone as dominant as me uh, in this draft. Um, I've take pride in that. That's something I've always taken pride in is being dominant and posing my will on, you know defenses, uh, you know, all throughout my years in NC State, and that's something that's not going to change uh, when I hit the next level.
2: That's Aquano right there, huh? It is. I kind of like a guy named Dicky. <laughs> I I can't remember which one I saw, to be honest with you. I was, I was watching, I think it was uh, NFL Network. And I don't know if they were talking about Neil or Aquanu. Okay. And But one of them, they were like, he's got a real nasty side of him that you got to reel in from time to time. Yeah. And I want to say it was Aquanu. And that I kinda was so. like, I like that. Yeah. Like, you kind of like that. Like, I get what they're saying. Like, you got to – there's a temperament there that you got to be able to – you don't want personal fouls and stuff. But, hey, no, you give you like me the throwback rather than the not-so-nasty offensive lineman.
1: No, I mean, that's what we t- – you know, I think well, – Stephen, they called us in the first uh, hour talking about yeah, we yeah. would rather be nastier or, or more cerebral. I, I think, you know, if you have a good combination of both of them, man. Yeah. Um because this is football. So th- there's got to be a little craziness, a little nastiness
2: to you, or else what are you doing? Yeah, that's well, That's why you brought up Joe Thomas, who yeah. wasn't a nasty guy, no. but he was uh, just uh, would execute to perfection. <sighs> Absolutely. So we're learning more about Maryland sports. Yeah. This is a, this is a Maryland day? I, <laughs> we got on here. I saw a tweet about Rick Pitino in Maryland, and here we go. Yeah. I mean, uh, down the rabbit hole. Yep. So the last time football was good, and this guy I do remember because I – Ralph Friggin. Mm-hmm. But you have to go back to, he won three years in a row. I think it goes back to 2003, the last time they won double-digit games. Mm-hmm. And he did it three years in a row. Other than that, they've won like nine, like two other times since then. I mean, but they've never really been great at football. And Friggin was good. Like it was, I, I remember those years for him, mm-hmm. but it wasn't great. Like, you know, people don't know Maryland for football. They know more for basketball.
1: The best player to come out of Maryland for football. Oh geez. Oh come
2: on, Brian. It's obvious.
1: It's obvious. Yes, I would say so. I mean, he had the. He was considered the big one of the biggest freaks of all time, if I'm not mistaken. If I, if I have my players right. Oh, he, uh, thinking uh, freaky
2: players. I like me, Calvin Johnson. Let he's let out me, of Georgia Tech. Well, let me uh, like
1: this. He was a freak out of position. Didn't have any freaks. I know who it is. Oh, you know who it is. Who know you who Brian. It is. Let's go, Brian. I know who it I is. I remember this dude. I was like, okay, well. I want to be like him, but that's impossible. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He was a freak at a position that doesn't have many freaks. That, at the time, didn't have many freaks. what's was can kind I, of unheard of. Can I give him a clue? Give him a little clue, Brian.
0: Mike Singletary. Mm. He, ha- he had a, a deal with
2: Mike Singletary. Mm. <laughs> In San Fran? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, come on now. I have a blanket on it. Hey, I do, should know hang on. Do, do, do you want me to show you The, the freakish numbers real quick Then you, yeah. you're going to get it then Hold up Alright I'm not sure I'm I'm really My mind's not going to the place It should play. I know what you're talking about With Singletary But I can't place who else That, that spat I was this with dude, And then I I had this I've dude hanging up think. in
1: my room On the ESPN The magazine cover I remember too um, I don't think he even have The combine stuff But he did You have to give me a second it, Is it Owens? someplace? No
2: where did Terrell Owens go to school? I thought he was a smaller school though?
1: You know, like I think it was like Tennessee State or was Tennessee it? Chattanooga. Was it? Like um, um, <laughs> oh, I, I got it I got, it. I got it here. Okay, okay. okay. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. Hit us with it. Okay. Uh, he ran <sighs> oh, a four point
0: three nine in the
1: forty. Okay. Hang on, Brian. Let me let, let me come back to reality. Four three nine in the yeah. combine. Okay. Bench press. Yep. Thirty three reps. <laughs> Vertical leap 42 what the? Uh, forty two inches. Forty two inches. What else? Did, what do we want? Is that enough? I feel like that's enough well, right there. Well, what was the broad jump? Probably wasn't as good as mine. 128 inches. Yeah, he had me beat there too.
2: <laughs> that's the one you hopefully. Yeah, get I him. thought I had him. Nope, had me beat there too. Uh, he he, he uh, Let's see. He's got to be a big dude then, because 439 wouldn't uh, make yeah. you jump out of your seat. Yeah.
1: 254 pounds. Dude had a physique. Oh, actually, the, so you, you can actually you can go two ways here with this answer because you could say Sean Merriman as well,
2: but remember we're, we're not going Sean Merriman. Mm-hmm. Oh, Merriman was in Maryland. Oh, yeah. He's Marylander. Yeah, you but go. yeah, this guy exceeded Sean Merriman. I, I just—I'm not—I'm not even in the neighborhood of it. I'm not even close to getting it. Okay, why do I you, think, did, why can't I remember? Did, do you, I that you the, spat with okay. uh, That's really what's. I'm gonna give you the biggest sin ever. Then I'll
1: give you the biggest sin. He was Kyle Pitts before there was a Kyle Pitts. That's good. And
2: that, thats all you need.
1: Yeah, that's good. And the prosecution rests. He was, he was Kyle Pitts before
2: Kyle Pitts. Yeah, so you're going uh, tight end, and now I can see him in uh, Vernon yes. Davis. Yeah, Vernon Davis, there you go. 4-3! Um, <laughs> so he had a 4-3-9. <laughs> hey, Brian, what was, the, what was the vertical again? 42. Whoa. Yeah. So did Vernon Davis – let me let me go back now and look. Would you say Vernon Davis lived up to that? No. Or disappointed? Oh, I'm sorry, Brent. If you got a 42-inch vertical, you better be – I don't know <laughs> Vernon davis yeah I mean, uh, you y- y- could be five hundred and eighty catches seventy five hundred yards sixty three touchdowns um, um in his career but not like all world enough yeah
1: high school high jump champion too of course he was why not also a member of a
2: state four That's by wood call meter, oh, I that you got him out of the guys, Maryland oh yeah man.
1: that was good I remember that I remember him 254 pounds. I
2: mean, that that was like the... Nine a 4 3 nine. That was like the, the, the combine of all combines. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Man. Um, I was really more disappointed. I couldn't remember who... I remember the Singletary thing, and I couldn't remember the, Vernon Davis was at the front center out. of it.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, that was... But San Francisco's been a mess at times. Yeah. I know what you're going to say, people. I know what you're thinking. Yep. I know exactly what you're thinking. Yep. Should have pocketed that one for later, but all right. All right, so one more bit of Maryland... Uh, history <laughs> yep. No seriously like we were talking, I, know, I love this I know Like they haven't been it's Maryland So Frigian right? was the last time Football was Somewhat relevant Sure um, And I still think it's like Somewhat relevant mm-hmm. Meanwhile in basketball Gary Williams Won a national title I think you said it was 2002 And they were actually In the final four Two straight years yeah. You know the star player for them Juan Dixon Yeah At that time uh, which I vaguely remember that team. They beat Indiana, you said, in 2002 yep. to win the national title, which... Which I thought Indiana was never good, but... Well, I'm kidding. Since you know, Bobby Knight, day, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I know, that was... That wouldn't have been Bobby Knight in 2002, I don't think. Um, no, no. No, nah, he was no, long gone by then. Because
1: no, he had the Texas Tech stuff first, right? And then... Yeah, he was... No.
2: Yeah, so... Uh, but they have only made it to the Sweet 16 twice since then, 2003 and 2016. So now you know why they're clamoring for a guy like Patino. Mm-hmm. They haven't won. I mean, if you don't make the Sweet 16 in Maryland basketball, like, that's probably a failure of a season. And go back to 2002 since they won the national title, they yeah. they haven't done. Mm-hmm. So maybe they are desperate enough. That's how we all get started on this, by the way. Patino from Iona, interested in potential. They were interested in him, and I just didn't get it. Mm-hmm. But they're obviously tired of losing. Mm-hmm. I have no idea about the Maryland program and why it's gone wrong. Yeah. But uh, they obviously... I don't know if the band-aid of Rick Pitino is enough um, to finish the thought on that. We should just take a random school every day. I like that. Although I'm not really sure that just went very well. Didn't go well for me. No, you've Um,
1: had better. Meanwhile, I'm watching Vernon uh, Davis combine footage right now. Sick. Back when everybody worked out? Yeah. Dudes weren't even wearing the... Dudes rocking in like... (laughs) Running in shorts below their knees though. Like didn't even care. I love it.
2: Um Football at five here, Brent Morton along with Austin Lane. Brian Middleton. As we head back to the NFL combine. Mm-hmm. Is there going to be a freaky performance? Or have we seen it all? Is there such thing as a freaky performance anymore? You'd bring up Vernon Davis. Yes. Uh who was it? Mamula? Um, mm. With uh, end up getting drafted by the Bengals, the okay. DC guy. Okay, back in the day, he was like the poster child for it. Okay, um, uh, and then DK Metcalf recently, we've seen Chris I mean, Johnson, run. Parsons, Parsons. But, but he wasn't at the combine though. He, he ran of the pro his day. day. He, he, he was running downhill the whole time. <laughs> but uh, yeah. but Chris Johnson did it at the pro day. I think he ran in the four twos, four two four or something. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Metcalf. Okay. Obviously, put on a show there. I think Patrick Willis did pretty well for himself if I'm not mistaken. So Calvin but, Johnson. But have we seen my point being, as we seen the freaky to the point where what else can you do? Like if there are a couple of guys here that they say are gonna run in the four twos. Like, okay. I like that. Like that's unbelievable. I'll, I'll tune in. But we've seen it. Sure. Right? Yeah. Um there's somebody who's gonna bench. Forty something times. That doesn't intrigue yeah, anybody. Nah, someone can go sixty times. I really don't okay. care about that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and nobody does.
1: Yeah.
2: Well, strength coaches care. Well, so, yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh, but, I mean, get it, it doesn't. My hands on this guy. Yeah. I mean, but gonna, it's not like oh, a, it's not a viral video, most likely. Nah, nah, you know. Nah, nah. Um. So what is it? Can we do anything? Can these guys do anything more? Like, have we seen such good athletes over the years that there no longer is that? Oh my goodness. Look what it he just did. Yeah, I mean,
1: obviously if you break the record of the 40-yard dash, that means something. But what you need now, because we, we've seen fast. Like, fast does nothing for us. We're, we're so you know, we're, we're so just desensitized on speed that it doesn't really matter to us anymore about how fast somebody is. But when you mix the combination of size and speed, well, then you got something there. And I can't remember the dude's name, but I remember a couple years ago been, probably like four or five years ago There's an offensive lineman That was like 300 pounds That ran a 4.8 I can't remember his name No I, I, I remember, I remember like He was like
2: the, the talk of the
1: town For a while
2: And I do think That's what's impressed us that's lately what is, is the offensive line Like well, Evan Neal running a 4 whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> You know If he were to do that uh, I think
1: now It's more of like The defensive tackles That are like 300 pounds That like can run like a 4.8 Where we're kind of infatuated with But like you know Micah Parsons Great example I mean Guy ran a 4.3 I believe And what He's 240 250 so anytime you you can mix the, the combination
2: of, of speed and size, I think people will always celebrate that. What was your favorite one to do? I mean, the broad jump you had the most success broad in. broad jump was my favorite. So what was your favorite because yeah. you had the most success in it? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> that. I mean, I, I enjoyed the, the vertical, too. Vertical was fun because, I mean, you know, former hey, basketball player and stuff. But you don't get tested on that stuff very often either, isn't it? I mean, the vertical? Prob- no. Like in, in college, you're running 40s, I bet. Or in some workouts or whatever you're running for, yeah, you're not but doing vertical jumps very d- often. No, but
1: right? the, the, the vertical got me on the, the like the field goal block team. I was a leaper, so like that like it got me something really. Yeah, I also cheated on it. I've told the story before where <laughs> you back in the day when we had like our baggy because you know baggy shorts were in, so we used to put our our shorts over our knees. And then because here's how they do the vertical jump, they make you stand. Um, with like your shoulder to the side of the board and they measure this like your wingspan straight up, right? Uh, but, but they don't ever take into account like, well, is he kind of kneeling a like They just say, okay, well, this is, his, this is him standing up and now let's see him jumping and then they, they take the difference of that and that's a vertical jump. So what we used to always do is we used to pull our shorts like a little lower so that way our knees were covered up so we would buy a couple inches because <laughs> we were bending our knees and they never noticed it. And then all of a sudden we take our shorts off the jump, we stand straight up and then you buy yourself a couple inches. That's what everybody was doing. Everybody did it. Oh, yeah. It wasn't just you. No, it wasn't just me.
2: Everybody was doing that. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, what position are you hoping has the most depth to it? And by that, I mean, if we think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going offensive lineman or pass rusher, is it the receiving group that you hope there are 15 really good players at receiver's? So you know you can get one. Yeah, at thirty-three. What does the fifteenth best receiver of, of a draft look like? Well, you know? um, I heard I saw somebody again. I was probably just listening or reading or whatever. I can't remember where I was. I saw the information, but somebody said like twenty. They think there are twenty-five receivers uh, that could go in the first four rounds. Mm. Okay, so I understand what you're asking. You're saying what's the differentiation between? one and two and then 23, 24, 25, right? Correct. I- I'm sure it's pretty different. It's pretty significant. But you can also find people at that position especially that have popped even in later rounds. Like, it's always been a position that you can get later on. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cooper Cup's the latest example of it. But, but he there's was, also yeah. Justin Jefferson but, at 22. But it was never a talent thing with Cooper
1: Cup. It was the competition that he went against. Yeah. You True. know,
2: there's all yeah that because I mean, the guy out. I think
1: he was the finalist or if he won at the the like the, the, the FBS player of the year, yep. which is unheard
2: of as a wide receiver because you depend on your quarterback to throw you the ball and everything. But even Debo was a second round guy. Sure, right? Yeah. So there's the at 33, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go in out out to third round okay. because I think that's a little bit more okay. You really know you can get a contributor right away. But if it's a deep draft at at receiver, which every draft has been deep in the recent years because everybody's better at receiver and everybody's throwing the football and everybody's catching the football and seven on sevens, like the receiver position continues to get deeper, deeper, deeper. And that's why the NFL, now you have three guys that need to be good, not just one. Um, So there's the domino effect there. The Jaguars will have a good receiver available at 33 most likely. A guy that can make an instant impact. Yeah, you gotta hope you pick the right guy, but the depth of that, the more to choose from, yeah. makes your odds go up. And so that's why I think if you come out of this combine, mm-hmm. and maybe you go into it thinking, hey, there are like eight receivers or six receivers with first-round grades, mm-hmm. and you come out of, you're like, hey, really, I think there are like ten yeah. or twelve. I think that could be really beneficial to the Jacksonville Jaguars because now they, you can really get a guy that might have been in other drafts picked at number twenty, true, at thirty-three.
1: Yeah, to, you know it all. Just and keep in mind, Debo Samuel was a third wide receiver taken though too.
2: You know, yeah, if, if, if 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 we're wasn't talking top heavy,
1: no. If, if we're talking the tenth, I mean, I mean, see, see here. Here's what I'm afraid of. I'm afraid that. And uh, here's the thing. I I think depending on how the draft plays out, I think you can get a bonafide guy in the second round easily. I think that that that's definitely going to happen. But I'm just saying when you start going with the eighth best receiver, the ninth best receiver, you know, there's going to be some fall off there. And when there's some fall off there, you have to ask yourself, well, then what are you getting? Because the Jaguars did a one, okay? Like, you you have some twos. You have Marvin Jones. We'll see with DJ Chark. Like, I'm not worried about the twos, but who's going to be the go-to guy? And I'm wondering if the go-to guy will be there. Um, if he's
2: the 8th or ninth receiver taken. Yeah. I think at 33, there is what I always wonder about in this predicament. Would the Jags be smarter going, be, jumping back in at 24? Or even trading up to a 22, where I, I'm just going to use that. I know that's where Justin Jefferson was picked. So if they see a guy there and they're like, hey, you know what? I'm going up because I want that guy. Mm-hmm. Instead of, hey, I'm going to sit back and wait because I think these guys are good too. The Jags M.O. has been to do that. I would love to see them go chase a guy that they really covet and then evolve them to be right, yeah. <laughs> if that's the case. Yeah. But, you know, we we kind of begged for this a little bit last year, or at least we painted the scenario. Now, we didn't know for sure Kyle Pitts was going to go number four. But if you go back to, like, this time last year, there was some talk that he could maybe go 12. What if he slipped to 15? Yeah. You really have no idea before. I mean, the mock drafts don't mean everything. And so that got everybody thinking, hey, should they trade back in? I wonder if that guy exists. One of the problems that exists with this receiving core, though, and this receiving group is a lot of these guys are coming off injury Mm. that are pretty highly touted from the Londons to the Williams and and others. So uh, are you willing to go trade up for a guy like Williams who's coming off an ACL even because he's
1: slipping? That's risky.
2: You know, because if, if Jameson Williams didn't get hurt, I think a lot of people would suspect he would be a top 10 pick, right? Correct. Well, so if you could get Jamison Williams and trade back in the first round at number 24, it seems like incredible value, even if he assuming is coming off an ACL. He, yeah, but assuming he comes back 100%, Yeah, like but that's the risk. Isn't that a safe assumption
1: in today's world? Mm. It's a trend. At what position? Like coming off of an ACL as an offensive lineman, coming off an ACL as a wide receiver where you make your money with route running.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but that, those are the scenarios that I think are interesting to me. I think the Jags can easily get a wide receiver. By the way, I don't understand. I don't know what else they'd go for at thirty-three. Like they went corner last year at thirty-three, and I thought that was a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, safety they're already invested in. I mean, Peterson. They does go like, nickel corner.
1: I feel like you, you go tight end. I get it.
2: Tight ends are, are in pregnancy, but Pearson loves his tight ends. I, I will say, you know, where else they could go really, depending on the, the depth of it and where they're at, is defensive tackle. Sure. Because you could make the case, depending again, on what they do. Wow, you don't have to drop to that. But what? What, med, whatever they, and I know there are some people that haven't uh, dropped in that far. I don't wonder why that is, but. Because uh, of well, the, the do for A&M, everyone's all about. So, I, now that that's actually one that comes into play. Because yeah. you can make the case of Jags need defensive tackle almost just as much as receiver. Yeah. Uh, an impact player there. But can you get that impact player at 33? That's another question. All right, we'll be back. Action Sports Chats on ESPN 690. Football at Five continues. A lot of combine talk this week.
0: So right now, you already said, we believe that Steve Kime, we believe that Cliff Kingsbury have done anything, everything they need to do to be solidified going as forward as a part of our future. So what about Kyler Murray? What about the quarterback that, that's changed your organization? What about the quarterback that won you 11 games this year or won you 9 games because Colt McCoy started two, won you uh, 9 games this year and put you in the playoffs? The guy that played least early on in the season at an MVP level. Is Kyler Murray's demeanor, is Kyler Murray's personality, his character enough to keep you from extending him right now?
2: That is Ryan Clark. Talking about the Kyler Murray situation. By the way, I just talking about uh, who was going to be freaky at the combine. Jelani Woods ran a four-six one forty yard dash. He's six foot seven and an eighth inch tall. Okay. Marking the fastest forty yard dash time by a tight end taller than six seven since two thousand and three. Second fastest by any player taller than six foot seven over that span. Defensive lineman Marcus Hunt had a four point six oh in 2013. Ah, from a uh, Southern Methodist. Wow, that's impressive. Played uh, in Cincinnati. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, so there you go. There's your first freaky find of the NFL combine. <laughs> <laughs> that should be a
1: thing. By the way, former shot putter, too, I believe, Marcus Hunt. Look it up. Really? Wow.
2: Why do you know? you could same agent or something? No.
1: Hey, I, I, I follow football, man. I follow the combine. I follow football? I follow the <laughs> combine. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Hey, uh, Brian, uh, well, you know what, Marcus Hunt, man? Who no, I know. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Who doesn't? <it>? Hard, <laughs> hard Knocks, you know? He's in Hard Knocks. Uh, yeah. Big star of Hard Knocks. Cincinnati. Damn. I'm not a Hard Knocks. I see. Loyal you're, viewer. You're doing yourself a disservice for not watching I mean, I watched it. some. You, you watched the Colts stuff, didn't you? I watched I when didn't. the Colts hey, lost to the Jags. I'm, I'm all set with that. That was awesome. I didn't really watch the in-season Hard Knocks. I didn't either.
2: Yeah. yeah. I saw the last one. Yeah. Don't know, of course. We all did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's bring in... Uh, Rick Riles, right now. Captain Rick Riles, for Sports and Fishing Report. Yesterday it was worms. What do we have today?
0: We got more worms. <laughs> Palua worm match is still going on. It is really putting a dent in the inshore guys. Now, it's funny, Brent, it's going on here in Jacksonville, and all of our guys are affected by it. I talked with Captain Robert Johnson down in St. Augustine, and he had an inshore trip today. No sign of Palua worms, plenty of reds. They were all hungry. So, I don't know how much longer it's going to go on, but our redfish are gorging on them, and uh, the guys are just not getting them to bite much bait. Now, I was offered mm-hmm. at our legal limit of uh, 21 best. It was not nearly as easy as it has been. The, uh, the bass may be starting to head back north as our water temperature warms up. A little better sea bass season than last year, not a whole lot better. Um, I tell you what, the guys that are fishing this evening are gonna have the advantage of a very low tide. The tide has been running extremely hard today, and I'm driving over some of the, I'm driving over the Dames Point right now, and there's a lot of areas exposed to Mill Cove that you don't normally see because the tide's so low. So, it starts to pick up out of the northeast, We're probably going to be blown out this weekend. But one thing you can count on, we'll be back tomorrow afternoon to give you an update. Brought to you by CSS Landscaping and Workman's Quick Fix Plumbing. Thank you, boys.
2: Thanks, Captain Rick. Uh, Appreciate it. Drive safe. That's your Florida Sportsman Fishing Report. Each and every day, Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. And Saturday mornings, check out the show, 7 a.m. on ESPN 690. Marcus Hunt, by the way, still playing. 114 career games, eight and a half sacks. Still playing, huh? Still playing and uh, you, you hey, said Southern hey, Methodist. Hey John Fox, but you didn't cut me, okay. SMU, oh. right? SMU yeah, so that you said. It.
1: Yep, correct. Uh,
2: who was so, the cat that
1: uh ran the, the fast 40? Uh, that I just told you yeah. about, yeah,
2: the tight end Jelani Woods from okay, hey, having some problems catching the ball though. I'm watching it right now. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, huh. Stone Hands. Well, listen, I'm not sure he'll go for the Margus Hunt career, although playing in the league for that long isn't bad. That's super impressive, yeah. No, I forgot the combines on. i am
1: watching the combine right now. We got, we got tight ends, Brent. I'll be sure if I see anything, I'll let you know. Tight ends are... Listen, Here's guys. what I'm looking for, Brent. I'm looking for fluidity. I'm looking for good hands. Look, I'm looking for more fluidity and smoothness, which is kind of like fluidity. <laughs> How many? Because th- I don't. I, I said the volume's on right now. How many times are these experts saying fluidity? Oh, probably. Oh, oh, them. We'll watch them. Yeah. Catch radius.
2: Catch radius is good too. Catch radius. Yeah. That's a yeah. good one though. I kind of like catch radius. Yeah. I could fall in love with that term.
1: What if you had to say one phrase or <laughs> verbiage different. that would that should be out of the combine? What, what would you say? <laughs> oh man. Sand in the pants has to go. No, sand in the pants is bad. That's that's the th- that's horrible. It's not bad. No, no one, no one has sand in their pants. What does that even mean? Yeah, but it's a great visual. No, we're good. You know no, what? It's, it's not. Yes, it is a great you guys, visual. You're sagging with some sand in your pants. Yeah, you know what I think. It looks you know ridiculous. what I think. Of when it looks I like you're wearing
2: a diaper. Yeah, it's exactly. It. It's, like, it's like when you're like little kids, like oh, at the beach, or an elderly person. person rocking diaper some. diaper yeah. is like 80 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or rocking,
1: like an a rocket. Can all those person rocking some depends? No, it's not. It's gross. Well, it is gross, but But you don't want to have sand in your pants. How are you
2: going to call a high-caliber athlete, oh, he's wearing a diaper? No, that's stupid. (laughs) Get (laughs) sand in your pants out of here. Listen, it's not meant to be a compliment. Well,
1: okay, so if you say he needs more sand in his pants, yeah, you need to have a bigger... No, I don't like it. You can
2: just say he needs to be bigger. You know? (laughs) Just say
1: he needs to be bigger. How does that
2: sound? His
1: lower body needs to be bigger.
2: I don't... Honestly, I don't walk into the combine enough to be annoyed by a certain turn. Oh, you they got, got are locking in, Brent. This is where and Mock's born, you know? Yeah. Yep. Curtis Hodder's looking I up just Arizona State for right now. Okay. What do you like? You, you don't like sand in your pants? No, get, get sand, 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 in, the sand
1: the pants. in your pants out of here. Uh, looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. That's another dumb one. That's a dumb one. Um, I mean, fluidity, like, yeah, okay. I, I get it. But, you know, overused. Likes to compete. Can... Go home because I'm tired of that. Likes to
2: compete. Kid likes to compete. He's a competitor.
1: Yeah, no kidding. You're a football player.
2: Like You're, come on. You know you know what I, I was thinking of this last night. When to get yeah. South Beach Gary on a bit, but I it's funny you bring that up. Likes to compete. Yeah. Um and this is something I preach to my kids a lot, so I'm okay. not I don't I can't nope. I'm not say that. Nope. But <laughs> the one that I the one thing that I um mm. the one catchphrase in life That I was thinking about the other day to that point is work hard. It's like every person that you've ever met that have made it to that level is like, oh, they work hard. Like that is such a crutch thing, right? Like, and and here's the reason why it's like, what does work hard mean? Everybody thinks they work hard. Now I get it. I understand what it means. Like it's a good trait, by the way. And um, it's great to be instilled in, in you and, you know, be a, Blue collar guy, all that stuff. Yep. But I can guarantee you that I can go to a lot of places, and that person thinks that they work hard, and they don't. Sure. Or at least my measure of working hard and theirs are two different things. Exactly. So that's why I think like that's a dumb. I don't. He's I'm hard not hard saying worker. you hear that you hear that a lot. And I think it's a given fact that if you made it to the this level to go to the combine, you're a hard worker. Yeah. But in, I heard it somewhere yesterday. I was like, you know what? Like somebody's got to throw that one away. Yeah. You know, because that's I'm, like I'm a think- tra- that's like a trait that like. That should, That doesn't put you above everybody. Well,
1: you know what they said, Brent, talent, uh, I mean, work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard, you know? That's an, promise you, that's an 85% yes. of every single high school and college weight room across the country yes. right now. I'm okay like, with like a lot like of those. someplace, there's, 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 a, there's a high school coach listening to us right now. He's in the weight room. He's like, <laughs> yeah, but oh, yeah. Right oh, yeah, Austin, <laughs> you're right. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> Big, bold letters. Yeah. yeah Lane some of it. those are okay. Lane like, called it. No, we had, for we, had a, we had one in our high school that said the weight room's not for everybody,
2: but neither is playing time. <laughs> That's good. Go That's and think about good. that That's one good. a little bit. That's good. Yeah. Hey, let's get South Beach Gary in right now. Uh, what's up, South Beach Gary? Hey, I love Sp- an
0: even more sand pants. I love that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, I got tons uh, of them for you, Gary. To stay tuned.
0: Uh, I got a couple things. Uh, Brent, first of all, you were talking about athletes being kinder today. Well, I think social media has a lot to do with your perception of that, uh, because you look at uh, Jack Nicholson and Palmer, there were no more two fan-friendly golfers than they were, and they were long of the, the past athlete, because uh, you, know, you used not hear a lot of the stories because social media wasn't around. That's
2: a really good call. Uh, I think that's a good point, South Beach Gary. I think we do hear about it more. I think so, so, social media is a motivation for people to do the right thing a little bit more as well. But I think you're right. I think it's documented a little bit. But listen, if Arnold Palmer and Jack Nicklaus or Name Your Athlete in yesteryear was doing something bad or kind of a jerk, you only heard that word about too. Nowadays, you hear it if that guy is, and yeah. you see it. So... Um, But I do, I think that's fair. I think that's a fair point. I think that, I I don't know if I'm right about that. I just feel like there's a, uh, especially the younger and younger. See, I'm not sure uh, in in South Beach, what we were talking about earlier is like, is today's athlete just like, it's like a better person almost, (laughs) you know, than yesteryear. And that's a tough thing to, you know, compare. Mm -hmm. And, And I don't know of a better way to say it, although that's probably not the right way to say it. Um, but I guess what I mean is like at a younger and younger age, maybe where, where some people would be immature. I think kids are forced to grow up faster. That's mm-hmm. uh, always what impressed me about certain like big time athletes anyway. Even a guy like a, a Tebow, like the platform he had, the responsibility he had at his age, yeah. you know, because everybody was looking to him, whether he asked for it or not. And so you have to present yourself in a certain way. Um, so I think that is a little bit different. Is South Beach Gary still on the line?
0: Yeah, yeah, and Austin, you were talking about the things you getting tired of hearing out of the Combine. Yeah. What about Trembalke? Now he's got Doug Peters saying, value, I want a value athlete. Well, I got news for him. If he wants somebody like CBS is predicting, Dalton Schultz and uh, you know uh, uh, Robinson coming here, they're going to have to pay for it. value athlete I mean, you, impact players cost money. You can take the value thing so far before you start hurting your football team.
2: All right, thanks, South Beach Gary. Appreciate it. I just think it's an every prerequisite that a coach or a gym has to say value. Maybe that's the one we should cancel. Value? Listen, I understand people don't like the value term, mm-hmm. but the reality is it's a business term, and, and it is a term. It's a truism mm-hmm. in sports. I mean, if you especially in a draft, and really in free agency. I mean, if you look at what the Jags did last year, they got value out of a guy like Jamal Agnew. They got value out of a guy like Rudy Ford. I mean, those were good signings, especially for what those guys gave them. If if Walker Little de- ends up being the tackle or a tackle or someone on this offensive line for the next eight years, yeah. they got incredible value out of that second pick. I mean, like, I don't know if you can be in the business that they're in without preaching value is my point. Like, yeah. there there's just, that's what you do. That's what you have to do. Now, the question is, can you take a gamble once in a while, go outside the realm of dollars and cents, and say, I think this guy's worth it, even if the dollars and cents might be a little overblown? Mm-hmm. And that's what free agency is. And that's what I think Jags fans want to do more of. Because you get stuck on value when you don't go get the 60 70 80 million dollar guy and that's what happened last year they got they they spent the biggest money on Rayshon Jenkins and Shaq Griffin and again they get value I don't know but they, you probably it's hard to get value on an 80 or 90 million dollar free agent yeah. but you can Calais
1: Campbell gave I, you that uh, I just think value is more focused on in the draft and spending is more focused on obviously in free agency. And by the way, Brent, in case you didn't know, every morning in Africa, a gazelle wakes up. And, and on that day, he has to run faster than a lion or he will be eaten. And every morning in Africa, a lion wakes up. And on that day, he knows that he has to run faster than the gazelle or he will go hungry. At the end of the day, when the sun comes up, you better be running.
2: What do you think about that one? I think we're going to run to a break. Because that was in the weight room. Like a gazelle. That was I'm and telling you. I'm telling you another That's in the weight room. Are you big on, would you rather have the old coach Wooden the Lombardi sayings or the animalistic sayings? Ooh,
1: what do you mean? Like, give me the an animal, like, like the that one? Like that? Because uh, yeah, I like give me a, at give the picture of the me, lion rather than Vince. Yeah, give me the animalistic stuff. Uh, yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah give, the me, nature. give me Tyson. Give me Ali, standing over his opponent. Give, give me Give me visuals, but I don't need Vince some, some gold guy with the glasses and <laughs> the if was high school, no one knows who, n- n- who Vince Lampardi is, <laughs> and who Mike Tyson is.
0: Yeah, they do. they
2: be like, oh, look, yeah, look at his style. That's nice cool. By the way, Tyson kind of combines the both worlds. <laughs> that's true. Animalistic that's true. wins. That's true. <laughs> but no, there's going to be no dudes
1: <laughs> rocking fedoras in my weight room if I was ever coaching for that right now. Yeah,
2: uh, we're building a weight room for Austin with sayings. <laughs> We <laughs> oh on football. What's the Jaguars Jag- saying, me? Let's, let's oh. talk about that next. It just wins seven. <laughs> we'll be back on ESPN six ninety.
0: That's the same story that, that Jay just told Jacksonville and Mike Mike Hughes at the time, who was the uh, I think it was like the general manager of of the Jaguars. So we in the room. He gave the same story that Jay just gave to me. He said, Hey if you sell, you walk past the wallet and you see it. One, are you going to pick it up? Two, are you going to take the money out? Three, are you just going to leave it you know, or give it back to the person? I said, no, I'm going to pick it up. I'm going to take the money I'll put the wallet back down and keep it moving. <laughs> they was like, that's the guy we want on our team. <laughs> <laughs> It didn't matter what your answer was. <laughs> He's our guy. Throw I a lock to on back. your locker, our though. Our <laughs> be sure to throw a lock on no, the it, locker. Was, it was just like, in that, in that locker I, think, room. I think it was more about my upbringing
2: that's Keyshawn Johnson's freaking story. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's good. show gonna lie my Max, actually. Uh, is, uh, <laughs> you can put a lock on the locker. <laughs> oh man, um, that's so okay. So let's go back there. Keyshawn is in the '96 draft. Yeah. The Jaguars end up with a good player in '96. Now, his name's Kevin Hardy. Oh yeah, yeah. And Jacksonville Jaguars have Keyshawn Johnson instead. Maybe at some point they don't have a Jimmy Smith. Exactly. Like, they definitely don't have Jimmy Smith and Keenan McCardell. Mm -mm. Pretty wild. Yeah. I I love looking at these former drafts sometimes. Keyshawn Johnson, Kevin Hardy, Simeon Rice to the Cardinals. He's a good player. Uh, Jonathan Ogden. Not bad, huh? (laughs) Hall of Famer? Yeah, I've heard of him. (laughs) Cedric Jones. Defensive end out of Oklahoma to the Giants at five nothing crazy Lawrence Phillips to the Rams you know all about that story yeah uh Terry Glenn good player for the Patriots they ended up going to the Super Bowl by the way that year out of Ohio State yeah. receiver yep yeah. uh, I think that was the one uh where Bill Parcells said she oh okay yeah, story yep yeah. yep yeah, yeah, yeah. um Tim Batuka. ah yeah' to receiver, the Carolina right? Panthers receiver. Uh, running back Running back out of oh, I was off Dang it Yeah uh, It's such a good name Like you remember How to say his name yep. Like I remember Ricky Dudley Tight end out of Ohio State Tight end out of Ohio State Was picked ninth By the Raiders 2022
1: What is this Thinking a tight end that high Wow In those times
2: <laughs> And Willie Anderson Offensive tackle Out of Cincy uh, Was he just up for the finals Was he a finalist From the Hall of Fame I'm pretty sure uh, let's see. Hall of Fame finalist for the first time. Yeah, I thought so with Baselli. I thought he was the only other um, offensive lineman. So that's pretty wild, that story that Keyshawn Johnson told. Uh, you can listen to uh, Keyshawn, Jay, and, and Max every morning on ESPN six ninety six a.m. until 10 a.m., but uh, Jacksonville Jaguars were knocking on that door. Wow. It yeah. looked like for Keyshawn Johnson and how would things have changed in the uh, mid to late 90s with the Jacksonville Jaguars if Keyshawn Johnson, maybe not for the better. Yeah, I mean, listen. Uh, of all things that went down, I don't think wide receiver was an issue back then. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? No, I think they were they okay built with that. Things so. around to the right place. And yeah. by the like, what kind of headaches would Keyshawn have been? True. Not to say, listen, the Jags had their share of headaches. Coffin would have got him right. Good <laughs> Coffin would have got him right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I um, hope so. Um, pretty well. See, still got so tight ends are going today at the combine. Tomorrow, the pass rushers. By the way, talk mm-hmm. uh, and so many players. I shouldn't say so many, but enough players are not participating in the drills. Again, I'm not really sure the drills matter. I think today, hearing from Evan Neal and Aquanu and those guys and how they view the draft and how they view their position and their skill set and how good they want to be, like I think, to be honest with even fans, like I thought the sound was pretty good coming out of those offensive linemen, Mm -hmm. and I'll be interested to see what a guy like Thibodeau and Hutchinson say because I think those are the guys in play for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I mean, it's a four-person spot. Mm-hmm. For the Jacksonville Jaguars, we we said it earlier in the show. There's nothing else. There's no other way they're going. And I've I've declared, and we all know this. I don't even need to declare it. There's not going to be a trade out. Uh yep. the, the Jags give give us his word. So. The Jags basically are picking one of four players, yeah. and nobody's going to dance with the Jags at number one to trade. So you look at these four players, and I think. That's the inspection process, not only for the Jags, but even for us and for fans. And we're looking at which one they're going to take. It, it does seem like everybody is in favor of Evan Neal. But I think Aquanu, if you look at him, he actually, there's a lot of smoke and, and good smoke for him to be pick number one as well. I, I don't think that would be a bad pick, depending on what the was decide. That's the, that's the crazy thing about this draft. I don't think the Jags can miss right now if they pick one of those two offensive linemen. I do think the Jags can miss if they pick one of the pass rushers. Hmm. Do you get that sense?
1: Yes, but also I think the boomer bust lies with the edge rushers as well. That's true. You know, I think... And the upgrade. Of course. Of your football team. Of course. I think, you know, in, in three years from now, whether it's Hutchinson or Thibodeau, we could be talking about how, you know, they're one of the best edge rushers in the game and, like, how much of a difference they make. You know, I mean, you think of a guy like... I don't know if this is the best comparison because they didn't do that. I mean, they went to the playoffs like T.J. Watt. Like, T.J. Watt, what he does for the Steelers, that's a game changer. Now, he was drafted later on in the draft. I don't think, you know, he wasn't as highly regarded even as his brother, but it is what it is now. But, like, you look at what a guy like that can do. Or even like a guy like Max Crosby, who was taken, I think, in the third round or second round, whatever the case may be. But, like, look what he's done for that, that Raiders defense. You know, like... If you can find that right guy in the draft at the edge rushing position, it
2: can make the world a difference. You saw it one year with Josh Allen. Yeah, so of that, I you mean, see but, with Micah Parsons. Yeah, isn't Thibodeau that? Doesn't he feel like that? It's like the Jags have a chance all year. Everybody's like Thibodeau, Thibodeau, Thibodeau. It starts to shift yeah. to Evan Neal, and now it's shifting a little bit, even Aquano in the mix. Uh, Hutchinson, it, it really starts to peak after Hutchinson so me, has a big game against Ohio State. L- let me ask you this, right, because I
1: see Hutchinson, and it, like I said it before, Like there's some Max Crosby resemblance, not just aside from the skin color, but other things as well, okay? So if you had the opportunity to get Max Crosby number one, would you do it? Uh, like if if you knew, I mean, look, I guess here's what we could say. Would you trade up
2: the first pick of the draft for Max Crosby right now? I, I want to say no. Okay. But let me look up his numbers. Okay. <laughs> uh, hey, hey, I, I like it. Because okay. Crosby has outperformed his offset oh, horse of like, where, where he was taken. And yeah. so there's a lot. Of, people like that. Like people like overachievers in that set. Sure. So he's set up for that. But Austin, he, sack, he had eight sacks. This past year Yeah He's got 25 sacks And 49 career games That's pretty good mm-hmm. But it's not like But I'm saying He, unheard of. he had 10 his rookie year Which So he it? had uh, Yeah he's 10, 7, 8 Yeah And he's only 24 Of course So he's also yeah, yeah, yeah. a hell of a start Yeah yeah But to be honest with you That's really not that different Of a start than Josh Allen Sure And I think some people Even in town Are be even a little disappointed So yeah. far in Josh Allen Because he was picked 7 overall yeah and Meanwhile, Crosby is picked. Well, and in the third I'm, I'm not round saying that there's a right answer here. I mean, I, but I, 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 would, I would definitely say no. Yeah, like I, I would say I can find myself at least at this stage what I would call an eight to twelve sack guy in other places than number one overall.
1: Now let me ask you this: you've an opportunity to get Nick Bosa, nine sacks his rookie year. Obviously, got hurt his second year, so that was a wash. But then this year he had fifteen and a half sacks. He's playing a first pick on the first round pick on that number yes. pick overall.
2: Yeah. Yeah, because I feel like Bosa's ceiling is like, a, like it's, I mean, he, in a way, he's I, feel only like, two seasons. I feel like Crosby in a way is overachieving. Okay, and I feel like the ceiling think- for Bosa might be 15 sacks for the next six years. Sure, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. And there's a big difference between a 15 sack guy and like a 11, 12 sack guy, huh. especially if you can do it like a couple years in a row. Correct. So once in a while, you can have this mega year, right? Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm not saying lucky, but things fall in place. You know that you're the right side. Passes the rush off, and he lands in your lap, you know? Well,
1: and then one last question. Say it's Evan Neal. What do you want out of him, then? What's going to justify him being
2: the top overall pick? What do you want to see out of that? I I really think from that position, because kind of it's a non-sexy statistic position, that I want to see a multiple-time pro bowler Mm -hmm. in the conversation as a top three to top five offensive lineman at his position by year three. you You're out, okay. You know, yep. if, and for the next seven or eight years. Of all the positions that you draft outside of quarterback, I feel like that offensive tackle that you take, if you're going to take that, is the guy that you want on your roster for a decade. Correct. Now, ideally, you'd want all of them on your roster for a decade. But I think with so much movement and price tags and everything else, but if you can say, this is our guy for a decade, that's why we're taking him number one, mm-hmm. you do that with quarterback, and I feel like you do that with tackle even more than pass rusher. And so I think that's what you'd want to... Uh, you would want to do a hey, uh, swoop minute here on a thursday don't uh, forget to check out unfospreys.com the women's basketball team won in the ASUN quarters yesterday so it's on the florida gulf coast this weekend by the way the men's uh, baseball the men's the baseball team won two to one aiden sweat from fernandina beach walk-off win over usf two to one on a home run it's his first collegiate home run what a way to do it last night on the campus of the University of North Florida. UNFOspreys.com for more information and how you can give next week as part of uh, their donation week, which is now a three-day deal. The 7th, the 8th, and the 9th. We'll have uh, Nick Morrow on early next week to talk more about that. UNFOspreys.com, news, schedules, results, and more. That is your Swoop Minute. See you on TV tonight, CBS 47, Fox 30. For Austin Lane, Brian Middleton. I'm Brent Martin. Have a good night, everybody. Back at it tomorrow. We'll be live from the Players' Championship in TPC Sawgrass.